What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Heilbrunn, author, TEDx speaker, and co-founder of the Idea Collective, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 190 of Chasing Dreams. Before I get too far, guys, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by our 2019 Fundathon supporters. Fundathon is our fundraising efforts to keep this show on the air till March 2020. To do that, we need to raise $13,000 and we're on our way, but we still need your help. If you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And Dream Chasers, two things I want to remind you of, whether it's for us or another charity or cause you want to support. One, it's not the size of the donation that matters. So if you can't donate a lot, think nothing of it. Know that I appreciate the $12 donations just as much as the other donations, because I know that's your lunch money. That's your money to go see a movie or go out. So regardless of how much money you can give, your donation is important, and I thank you for your generosity. And two, please don't wait for someone else to help out. You can't control the actions of others, only your own. We can't reach the goal without your help. Again, if you'd like to support us, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And to all those who have donated so far, thank you. Guys, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, a cause close to my heart. And so the guests for this month are all going to touch upon the topic of mental health, which I think is a very important one and one I think will help with you. And to kick off the month, I'm bringing back one of our past guests, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, and someone who I think you guys will learn a lot from. And we had such a fun conversation. And he is none other than Jake Heilbrunn. Jake was back on the show in episode 63, and it was about October 2016. Jake is now a TEDx speaker and best-selling author of Off the Beaten Trail, endorsed by multiple New York Times bestsellers. He has spoken across the U.S. and internationally to crowds of over 12,000 plus about replacing anxiety with purpose and creating a career you love. He's the co-founder of the Idea Collective, which helps thought leaders get their message out through speaking and TEDx talks. Guys, I we have so much fun. I just want to get right into it. So here it is. Hey, Jake, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. So I, I just, we had to jump into it. I learned my lesson last time because I... I started talking with you and we kept talking and I'm like, man, this would have been great to just have on the show. And mostly this time around, because I've been, we've been friends and I'm following you on social media and seeing all you've been up to. So the question, Jake, is where in the world are you today? Yes. Good question. And I'm happy we, we started ASAP to get it all. Uh, I'm coming from San Diego. Now that's not, you guys are like, what are you talking about? There he is. You're not come. You you weren't in San Diego last week, though, right? No, yeah, I just got back from a two week four country speaking tour um, in Europe. I was in Spain, 
Italy, Malta, and Portugal, which was incredible. That's okay. So when we last spoke, it was 2016, um, October 2016. It was like episode 63. So this we are we are airing. This is episode 190. So it's been a a bit since we last spoke, and you've had some amazing experiences since then. The book is out. You spoke with Jack Canfield. Yep. You spoke with Jack Canfield. That's crazy. Yeah, he is a, an incredible, incredible person and uh, a role model of mine. And yeah, just getting to getting to just even be around his presence because mm-hmm. he, I feel grateful. Like I, I definitely went to like tons and I still love going to them, but like tons of conferences, sure. you know, you hear all the speakers and he has this level, like, of course he's super successful. Um, but to me, it's like, he has this level of humility mm-hmm. and just gratitude for life. Like he remembered my name after like the first time we met Wow! and there was like 400 people in line with yeah. me. I'm like, what? Like just those elements. So just being around something like that is, has been awesome. Well, it's crazy when you say that, that you want, he's, he's humble and he's a regular person who also remembers you, not someone who's, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because the saying is, you know, don't meet your heroes. So to hear that he's a good guy is, yeah. is a good thing. But I'm so happy for you that you got to meet. Because you guys are very enlightened people. I mean, he, he, <laughs> Thank you. I mean I'd, like to, I'd like to think that, although definitely uh, on the journey there. How about that? There you go. Well, I mean, you're not saying I'm saying it. I, I think you, you do have those ideas and stuff. And then, you know, for you to do all that. And then let's talk about the TEDx. Doing a yeah. TEDx amazing it was um let me make sure i get it right how to replace anxiety with purpose which is also kind of the subject of your book yeah and maybe i can give a recap to your listeners of like a i can yeah give go like ahead. A minute of the story um just to give context to that so basically sure. when i was 18 years old i got to college and a couple of days after arriving i started breaking out in hives and rashes all over my body and started to develop a severe anxiety and the anxiety led to more skin stuff, which led to more anxiety. And I saw doctors, they weren't really sure what was going on. And it really led me into this uh, depression and, and an existential crisis really where I started to question everything in my life. And long story short, after doing well in school academically, um, I just realized I had this dream to explore different ways of life and I needed to take some time away for my mental health. So I left school, hopped on a one-way flight to Guatemala with a backpack, no cell phone, other than hola and gracias. I did not speak any Spanish. And uh, yeah, set off for Guatemala where I taught English in this rural village for a couple weeks and lived in the jungle uh, and spent another uh, three months after that just backpacking and volunteering throughout Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica. And uh, for me, it was like this journey kind of of uncovering a lot of the layers that had built up on myself that weren't serving me, understanding where my anxiety was coming from, learning, you know, mindfulness and meditation, peace and purpose. And I really, it was like a whole 180 for me because I was really struggling mm-hmm. um, before I left. And I, and I would kept it alone. Like I, I felt like a failure and I didn't, and I came home and learned that millions of other, you know, people of all ages actually, but especially young people like college age and high school age, and kids growing up in social, with social media are experiencing severe levels of anxiety and depression, even taking their own life. So I felt this calling to uh, speak and write a book about my journey, which is the book Off the Beaten Trail. Mm-hmm. And I started speaking at high schools 
around where I lived in a couple of universities, which led to giving the TED Talk, How to Replace Anxiety with Purpose, um, which for me was like this message that was like in my heart and soul that like had to come out of me, right? It was yeah. like, I just had to get it out to the world. Well, and so, you know, guys, if you want to remember a recap of everything we talked about, you can find that in Jake's original episode, which is at amyj21.com slash episode 63, all right? Episode 63. It'll be in the show notes, just like his TED Talk and his interview with Jack Canfield. We'll put that there. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted you to be on this show is you're kicking off Mental Health Awareness Month. You know, it's an important month for people. And just your talk alone and talking about anxiety and how to replace anxiety with purpose, you know, is is important. And so, you know, in that time that we've been gone, right, that you've been growing and giving these talks and kind of learning more, what, what, what can you say about how that's changed your perception of what your talk was about? Has it increased the importance? Have, have you learned something different? What's happened? You mean since the TEDx talk specifically? Or just in the two years? Oh, like since, like what's changed since kind of that whole experience, you mean? Yeah, like in talking with these kids and these college students, I mean, you've, you got more data, I'd say. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is knowing that you're not alone. Mm. Uh, and I think that's like probably the most important is, you know, every kid every human being has a different experience. We all come from different backgrounds and childhoods and go to different schools. But at the end of the day, like everyone is experiencing what it is to be a human being. You know, we all have the fear, the sadness, the anxiety. And I think just knowing, um, especially in this world, like when I'm speaking to college and high school students, especially they don't. And this is, Kind of with me, like I grew up where social media kind of started becoming big when I was like a freshman and sophomore in high school, like Instagram, but like my generation and under grew up with these things. So they don't know a world without social media. And yeah. And so why that's important to understand is because the comparison game Mm. is really bad. Like can be like people typically not everyone, but I, I, actually everyone probably compares themselves to people on Instagram, like every single person, whether you're sure. trying to. And I think the problem can be when you're in an unhappy situation and you look at this person's page and you think they're all happy and you think everyone's happy and then you're not. And so I think from just speaking and learning from all these kids, it's knowing you're not alone. And that kind of dovetails for me though, into being conscious about how you're using social media mm-hmm. and understanding that. It's not the tell-all. And then also you can play your own role in shifting how social media is used. Like you can be vulnerable. You can be authentic. You sure. can use your platform as a way to, you know, give to other people what, what you want to see, what you want to experience. So it kind of all comes back to me though, of like, you know, speaking of different kids, different ages, different countries, mm-hmm. um, but just you're not alone. And I think that's been like a key, the key nugget. That's, that's a great point that you make. And one we've mentioned on the show here and there with other dream chasers and things that they've observed. But one constant is, is that social media, while powerful and can be good, has this side that we don't really acknowledge or talk about and how people think that their lives are perfect because that all they're seeing is what people want. We're seeing it through filters. We're seeing it through lenses. And it, it's very easy. I, I think you're absolutely right. Everybody does the comparison game when they're on social media, especially Instagram. 
you know? Yeah. I don't know why that is. Like Instagram seems to be like the big one, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think of all of them, um, I, I lean towards Instagram. Twitter, Twitter seems to be a little bit more negative. I think people are, are quick to put their opinions out on Twitter because it's so live and, and people do not hold back on Twitter. And Facebook, um, I think it's just a stagnant place for people to put comments, thoughts and all that. So I'm not as active on, on that. But with Instagram, I love seeing people happy. So that's kind yeah. of why I tend to lean towards Instagram is saying, mm. how are people living their best life now? But yeah. for me, I'm also aware, which might, makes it a little bit different from uh, young people growing up and looking at social media, that this isn't their life. This is what they're choosing for me to see, which makes it different. Boom. Yeah. And that's right? like the, the most important thing for, I think, young people and everyone using it mm-hmm. to understand, right? Yeah, but it's hard because people don't want to be told that they're wrong about how they're seeing something, right? Yeah. <laughs> people don't want to be yeah. told, hey, you're wrong. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's fascinating. Like, I always I always wonder, like, I'm seeing the exact same post that you might see in someone else, but all three of us could have completely different interpretations of the same thing. Yes. And that's why it's so important to, like, you know, check in with yourself. Like, I have done this multiple times where I'll actually delete Instagram off my phone for like a month. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going on for the month. I did this for the month of January. Mm-hmm. I did like, uh, you know, no Instagram. I've done that multiple times because kind of I find if I'm in a space of wanting to improve something or like, I'm not super stoked on where I'm at in the moment. Uh, and I, I kind of find I can get into these like cycles and I'm like, you know what? I just need to not look at anyone's stuff and just kind of focus yeah. in on my own stuff. Yeah. Cause uh, it's, it's interesting when you talk about how you you're, you're growing up, just when Instagram was kicking off, I didn't have that when yeah. I was young, dating myself and whatnot. But, you know, back back in the day, <laughs> people didn't, weren't able to compare themselves unless it was in the newspaper or, yeah. you know, the newsletter or some kind of email came out that said, hey, good things are happening. Uh, it was not, definitely not as prevalent as it is today. And yeah. it, it's difficult. And so when you're hit with all of this, and it's not even negativity. That's the interesting mm-hmm. thing is that it's this positivity that kind of can be negative if viewed the wrong way. A hundred percent. And that was kind of like the point I was making, mm-hmm. which is like, we're all experiencing reality in our own way. Yes. And so that's why it's so important for your own mental health to be a certain way when you're going into you know, these situations because Instagram is just a tool. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you could look at the most positive happy posts ever, but if your mind is like looking for a negative, you're going to like, you know, twist that post into something that's going to create self-sabotage. Whereas someone else could find the most inspiring, empowering quote ever. So it's kind of having the self-awareness to know, am I in a position where like I should be consuming this because, you know, Instagram is, you know, it's kind of like the class, Oh, your thoughts. Yeah. Reality. Um, okay, well then what, what's, what's shaping your thoughts? And it's Mm -hmm. the average us or the average young person spends four hours a day on their cell phone. And I think like, you know, three hours on social media or something, what are you consuming there? Because that is going to play a big role into how you think about yourself. And if you need to take a step back and just like cut that cord and, and kind of like, you know, extract your own wisdom or or read books that will help you shift. You know, it's interesting. I saw something, um, that you mentioned that and how I saw something by Les Brown and he said, you know, how he consumes, I think it was like 30 minutes of like pot reads 30 minutes of positive stuff in the morning. And 
it just helps him kind of set his mind for the day. And I was thinking the other day how, you know, powerful that is because what you view and what you consume is what's going to influence you the most. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus like if you only consume negative stuff, that's how evil people are created, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's how Cobra does their training. Does anybody remember G.I. Joe? Cobra? That kind of thing. I don't remember that actually. Do you know? I made that up. But yeah, G.I. Joe (laughs) and Cobra uh, or any bad guy. Think of any bad guy. This is how they come. They just view negative stuff and see everything as bad and that, you know, they could make it better or megalomaniacs that's kind of what happens but if you consume positive stuff you know like you're saying is you know if if you're consuming social media for four hours a day what are you putting into yourself yeah it's kind of scary i mean i guess that's why apple now has do you know apple has that um it tells you what your screen time is essentially yeah and i love that because i'm like like if i look at my screen time and it's like you've been on four hours a day that's like concerning to me. Yeah. I'm like, I need to reevaluate. Like, I want to know that truth. You know, yeah. I, I, it is a, a scary truth. Sometimes when you look at it, you're like, you were on social media for, I'm like, oh my, okay. You know what? Let, let me go step away, read a book, put an audio some, book on something, you know, it, mm-hmm. cause it, it really does shine a light on something. So don't turn it off guys. I think yeah. it's a truth to pay attention to. And it's fascinating too, to think about how, our brains are literally changing mm-hmm. because of the, because of social media, yeah. like our, your concentration, um, ability to focus. And it definitely requires, at least in my own experience and from the people I've talked with about this, mm-hmm. like needing a lot more self-discipline of, of not either not going on these apps or like creating focus time where you're turning off. We call it no fly zone in our company where everyone turns their, their phone off or on airplane mode mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you know, no distractions, like stay focused because to get into that like flow state or that deep creative state or to create deep work, I can't get distracted. And if I'm like, Oh, I have this temptation. To, let me just like yeah. scroll hope for a like and get a quick hit of dopamine. But it, it's like this not a satiating feeling. And it takes me out of that flow state. It really does. It really does. And that's a good point that you make is that it, it's it's a dopamine hit, essentially, that you're going down, but it's also a wormhole, a rabbit hole, <laughs> because, you know, you start on one and then you got to see what the other person who's tagged in it. Let me follow yeah. them. And then you keep going and you keep going. You're like, how did I get from looking at uh, Jake and then suddenly now I'm on vacations in India or something, right? Because yeah. You're like eight, eight people deep and yeah. you're on and you're questioning your life at this point yeah you're like where, where did i lose my way and, guys, and the thing i think also to import upon guys is you don't get that time back you don't get that yeah. time back so, true. so aside from that let's let's actually talk about your company because you are the chief strategy officer i believe at the idea collective yeah. i guess that's like the it's i guess you could say that i, I co-founded it and i basically do a lot of the marketing and strategy yeah yeah so a company yeah that's awesome so tell us how did this come about co-founding and a company like this which seems to suit you by the way because it's really the idea collective and and from what i know but share with the listeners what what you're doing yeah yeah it's pretty crazy uh even just to think back because when i was on your show what was that like two and a half years ago i would literally just publish my book and also there was a lot of fear there because mm-hmm. I, I was, tw- I just turned 20. 
Um, I knew I wasn't going to go back to university and I had no idea what I was going to do next. Like I was of course selling my book and speaking, but I wasn't like making a career out of that. I wasn't making much money. I was living with my dad and, uh, <laughs> talking about Instagram. One day I was on Instagram mm-hmm. following this guy that I looked up to. And he was talking about this trip, this impact trip to Mexico to like refurbish a school and explore the culture. And there was something about that trip that just like called out to me. And I kind of debated it for like a month. Okay. And I finally pulled the trigger and I, and I bought the trip. It was like a thousand bucks. And the next day I win a thousand dollars in a completely unrelated contest. No way. Yep. Like you can't make this up. It was like a book marketing contest that I applied to um, like two months earlier. And it was kind of like a sign from the universe. Like, and, and like, I was really debating this trip for like a month. But I had like, I think I had like 3000 bucks in my bank account. And I was like, do I spend a third of my bank account on this trip? Right. And, but it was just like, I, it was just feeling like I need to go on this. It like completely called out to me. The ethos of the company was called um, uh, Journey. And I went on that trip and the influencer promoting that trip, it wasn't his company. He was just promoting it. And then on the trip, I met the founder of that company. Um, his name is Taylor Conroy. Oh, and the, he'd given- the Journey? Yeah. So okay. Taylor Conroy, who's my current business partner, I didn't know him, but that was his company. It was called okay. Journey. And they, uh, they're not really around anymore, but they built about 150 homes in Latin America. Wow. And the business model was like bringing travelers to um, kind of like slum conditions in Latin America and building homes. So sure. it was not a business model, but it was very like impact driven. And, you know, millennials, they want to, they don't just want to fund a home or they want to like go there with their eyes and build it. And sure. um, so that's kind of the whole idea behind it. But yeah, I, I met Taylor on that trip. I didn't even know who he was and know it was his company. And we were on this hike from a, down from a pyramid and I was like kicking his brain about life because I was like, who is this guy? Right. Like, he just had this energy about him. Didn't think much of it. And then a couple months later I was on Facebook and he, and I saw this post from him and said, looking for a high vibe dope AF assistant. And I had this whole post to come work with him in the company called journey. And the second I saw it, it was like this gut feeling. I'm like, that's for me. And, uh, long story short, he ended up getting the message. The second he got the message from me on Facebook, he said he knew I was the person for it. Wow. Um, so yeah. So then I started working with him in that company about two years ago and it kind of like fell, it kind of just like disintegrated. I mean, it was really hard, a really hard business model to do well, yeah. that. So then it was just me and him kind of like, we were doing a bunch of random things. Like we did like an online book club, um, but he'd given four TED talks and his first TED talk he gave in 2011 called how to build a school in three hours. Mm-hmm. And that TED talk uh, alone it was about this like crowdfunding um, fundraising idea he had that he had used to fill at the time he had funded one school with it, wow. which was essentially the premise of you getting 33 friends to donate $3 and 33 cents a day for three months, which would equate to 10 grand, which builds a schoolhouse. And um, he gave a Ted talk about that idea. And that idea kind of led or that Ted talk basically helped grow that company. It was called change heroes. And that company ended up building 500 schools and a water project for anti-sex trafficking work in, I think it was like over 15 developing countries around the world that raised like over $5 million and created incredible impact. And it all correlated to that one TED talk. Uh, And they even had metrics on it. Like, I I don't know the numbers, but like one in every amount of people would start a, uh, a funding campaign. So it was really powerful. 
And then he had another guy, his name is Kevin Briel. He came up to him when he was 18. He was like, Hey, I love like the philanthropic work you're doing. I've, I've battled mental health and depression and I want to create a documentary about like the dark and the light of mental health and like just kind of give it a different angle. And this was before mental health was being talked about on social media. Right. And yeah. he was like, no, scratch that for scratch the documentary idea right now. We're going to get you a Ted talk. We're going to, you know, get spread it online. And, and that's exactly what he did. Um, him and Kevin, that talk has over 4 million views today. And Kevin has never had a real job. He was 18 at the time of giving that Ted talk or 19 maybe. And he's done over 300 paid speaking gigs all over the world. Um, Yale, MIT, the government of Canada, like all these places. Wow. And literally has one talk online, like even to this day. Um, and it led to like a book deal. So all this incredible stuff from my TED talk. And I'd given a TED talk. I, I actually landed three TED talks because I would just like have, I was so passionate about my message. I was like, I'm going to figure out how to land a TED talk. Right. And so then Taylor was starting to get asked by like a lot of people how to give a TED talk. And he was just helping them on the side and like, helping people for free. And then it got to this point where like, okay, if so many people are asking, and then I also had the experience, we had the idea to build an online course. So we built this online course, basically teaching people how to get clear on an idea because TED is all about ideas and you can't just like give a TED talk about motivating people. It has to be like an idea. Right. That's kind of different or it has to be packaged different, right? So teach people how to get clear on what that idea is, position it, how to create their application, how to apply, how to land that talk. Sure. And then of course, a ton more on like how to prepare for the talk and spread it online. But the core was like landing that talk because I think collectively they have on TED and TEDx's YouTube, there's like 26 million subscribers. It's just like a, a credible stage. Almost everyone knows TED or TEDx talks. Yeah. So yeah, so we built that course and it was really helpful for some people. But the reality is like not a lot of people have like who buy an online course end up even doing stuff with it. It's very unfortunate yep. um, because people just don't have the time. And so that kind of led us to going, okay, well, what could be even more value? And we ended up bringing on a, a TEDx organizer to our team. Now we have two of them and basically do this service A to Z where we help someone who has a message inside mm-hmm. that they want to get out to the world. And it's impactful because that's like, it has to align with our company values. Sure. And as long as that person is like genuine and has a, a message that we believe can can impact humanity in a positive way. Then we bring them on. They speak with our TEDx organizers who are like geniuses with figuring out what your idea is because they've been doing this for 10 years. And then we package their idea. Then we have a whole team of creative writers who writes their app. And then we uh, go out and apply. We have a, like, we created a database of a lot of these events and we go to apply to relevant events where the organizer, uh, where they would be of value to that organizer. And we also now of course have relationships with these TEDx organizers and it's like a win-win because they're happy because they we help them do that. Sure. They don't spend the time doing it. And then these event organizers are stoked because they're getting incredible speakers like on the door. Quality, right? Yeah. So it's it's cool now how it's shaping up that way. But it definitely didn't start. Um, like I couldn't have ever planned this, which is kind of interesting. Well, that's so that's the thing I love about what you're sharing because you went on a gut instinct to Mexico for a project that spoke to your heart and you ended up meeting someone making a connection that didn't immediately blossom and come up with something but down the road I don't even know how far long it was doesn't matter but nine months months. so not seven seven months yeah it was seven months and then we started working nine months after but you didn't even know that that was going to be a thing 
too, no, right? So yeah. you didn't know that this was going to be a thing. The person you met seven months ago that you'd be working with him, that you become, and I, I've seen you guys on social and Insta, you guys are friends, right? That you've become yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's cool. Right? And then yeah. that you would put this company together because you have an idea that will not only, I mean, it's a better be- business model, but it would also help so many people to shape the world, right? Because that's the thing, that even though you're helping these guys get into TED Talks, right? It's being seen by, what'd you say, 25 million people? Yeah, well, there's 25, 26 million subscribers on, if you go right. TED and TEDx's YouTube collectively. Yeah. So you're, effect- you're influencing at least one, right? Let's just say one, but up to possibly 25 million that go yeah. out and share those ideas that these guys are sharing. It's, I know everyone's like, Amy, relax. No, but that's world impacting. It's world yeah. impacting. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you resonate with it. And you know, it, it's funny because we were actually like talking about this yesterday. Cause now uh, we have a team of like 13 people mm-hmm. and you know, not everyone full time, but we were driving in a car. Was this yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday. And we we're like, what do we, what do we stand for? Like kind of going back to that. And like, mm-hmm. why do we exist? And of course the high level is like, we want to, in, we want to shift humanity to yeah. a positive way. But then kind of going a little under is like, you go on the news or social media and you're filled with not necessarily social media, but on the news, fear and negativity oh, spreads sure. like wildfire. But what if people could then could ex- like watch these ideas of some of the world's most brilliant minds yeah. and these people know how to get these ideas out there. That's, that's it. Uh, something we've realized is some of the smartest people like don't necessarily know how to like get it out there yeah. and most impactful ideas. And like, that's, that's the whole idea here is how can we get these people's ideas out, which can create radical change. Um, like as I shared with you with, with Taylor's or, or we have a client named Jason and his, he's on his TED talk now is over a hundred thousand views. It came out a couple months ago and he's on the mission to end teen suicide by 2030. That's and amazing. TED talk is like, it's called the most important conversation you will have with your kids. So if you're, if there's a parent listening, please watch this. Um, even regardless, like you watch it and you just, yeah. you know, you feel the feels. I mean, he lost his son to suicide and, um, but like this Ted talk is like the, and he's creating a documentary and doing all these other initiatives, right. but the Ted talk was like the vehicle because you watch this talk and then under 18 minutes, which is 18 minutes is the max uh, length of a TEDx talk can be. Mm-hmm. And under 18 minutes, you get to understand this guy's idea, his story, his values, right. his stance. And if it emotionally appeals with you, then you're like, how can I support? I want to get involved. Yeah. How can we be a part of this mission to end teen suicide? So it's really fascinating to see how it's like this spark or this vehicle for like some of the larger mission. And guys, I'm going to get the link from Jake before I go. So it'll be in the show notes. Cause you know, that's, that's probably an important one to watch, but I honestly believe it. I believe that what you're doing is I'm a believer. Like that's the mission of this podcast. You know, if we can influence one person to just chase their dream, they'll influence someone in their circle. Right. And that influences, it's a ripple effect and that's what you're doing. Right. It's, it's absolutely what you're doing. And and it's great because to the point you made earlier about how you look on the news, it is all negativity. It really is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you go on to Buzzfeed, CNN, any of these things, it's just, if it's not politics, it's a world disaster. If it's not one thing, it's something else. So to see that there's a place of positivity, that's phenomenal. I mean, it really helps, you know, to show that, all right, 
instead of just one story out of five being positive, here's a well of it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the question, you know. And the fact that, you know, you guys went from two people with this idea to do something that will change the world or just help people get their ideas out there to a team of 13. That's awesome. Yeah. How long has the uh, Idea Collective been out now? I mean, I would say we've been like an official company for like we, we started with like the whole actual ability to like execute and, and get someone to talk without service. We've been around for like a year now. Um, but we've been, you know, we built the online with the online course and stuff. It's been about a year and a half. That's, and uh, that's awesome. It, I mean, it's been cool for me because I mean, I've worked a bunch of like restaurant jobs and other jobs. I worked for a couple of thought leaders, like, but I've never had like a real like nine to five job. Um, and it's been pretty interesting seeing this company grow because it was just a year ago. It was Taylor and I, and I think we had just hired our first person mm-hmm. and now there's 13. Right. Yeah. And I like, I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person where like, if you look at my story and, or from like a back, like a high level and you don't know me mm-hmm. like, Oh, this kid just kind of wings it, uh, falls his gut. And that is just not the full story. Cause I've, really like to know how things are going to work out. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a planner. Like that's how I'm wired as a planner and kind of letting go and flowing and surrendering is like hard for me. Cause I'm like, but I want to know. Yeah. So it's been something that I've been practicing more and, and like I can never plan this and what I'm learning and experiencing. Um, but it's cool to be able to build like a, you know, a comp like what is a company? Mm-hmm. Like everyone thinks a company, but when you break it down, it is this, especially as a young company, like it's this living entity that we are shaping. We're creating the ethos. Like the way we treat our employees is with love. Uh, one of our core values of our company is radical transparency, meaning like we share, we want to be brutal, not brutal. I don't even like the word, but radically authentic where right. if you're having a bad day, like we want to hear about it. Like if, if someone did something that was disrespectful, like say it, uh, there's not like, we don't want anyone's idea uh, to be just because of a level of authority in the company, like everyone's has their say sure. and just treating people well. Like it's been fascinating to me seeing how people are like, Oh my gosh, you guys are so, you treat us so well. I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just naive. I think I'm fully naive. I just come, I guess my, you know, hearing from my parents, I guess a lot of corporate cultures like cutthroat and yeah. you know, well, not, I'm not It's definitely not as honest as what you're making Idea Collective to be, meaning other companies tend to not lean towards radical honesty like that. You know, it's it's not the norm. It's not the norm. Not to say that that what you're doing might not become the norm, but right now that's definitely not the norm. And, you know, it's kind of refreshing to see that. So as you continue to grow, um, it'll be interesting to see how you do this. But to your point, you know, you you being someone who wants to know how things are turning out, the fact makes the fact that you just took a chance on a thousand dollars to sign up for this trip and for it to kind of work out the way it did and the way it continues to be working out for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's cool. There's a book called the surrender experiment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever read it by Gay Hendricks. I haven't. And he, I mean, he built this like, billion dollar software company and he was like a total kind of like personality of like a total hippie all he wanted to do was like meditate but he just would kind of surrender to like what what the world what he felt like the world was asking of him and Mm -hmm. and it's kind of that's been something that i've been trying to focus more on because 
I think when you know exactly what you want, it's, it can be easy, like not easy, but it's kind of comforting for me, the book and the speaking, like I was so driven to do that. Like to this day, it's hard to compare any goal I have to the book because it was like, well, that was you. That was all that was, you. It was never, I've never had that experience of being so driven towards something in my entire life. And, you know, not to compare it, just, I don't have that feeling today. So sometimes if someone's like, I don't know what I want to do, it can be hard when you, you have this expectation that you should know and you should be right. driven. But there's also a lot of beauty and magic that I'm learning in just kind of going with the flow of like what opportunities are prevent, presenting themselves right. and seeing what you can turn into and not necessarily have an expectation um, is something that I'm kind of diving deeper into. And like when someone will ask me like, yo, I have no idea what to do with my life. And I don't have like this clear thing. Like that's fully okay. Just pay attention to the little curiosities. Like what stops you on Instagram that makes you go awe or like makes you want to know more, like mm-hmm. dive into those. Like what are the like paying attention to your curiosities? And even in, from a business sense to a personal sense, like for the business sense, that's what we've pivoted and, and shifted because it's also listening and being right. curious of what people want. And I think it also applies personally, like what do you want in your own life? Well, I think that's a great point because the other thing is, right, to do that, you got to have experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to, you got to live life. Just try, try, fail, learn from it and keep going. It's not a waste. You know, and 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 that's awesome. Yeah. And I think even like uh, learning from the things that don't work out, like I I think a lot of people and and I get this because I have it too. Mm -hmm. You're kind of scared to try something new. Like I'm going to a, a boxing class tonight. It's the first time I'll do boxing and I have like all the stuff coming up. I'm like, I don't want to look like an idiot. Like, <laughs> like I'm not like a huge guy. I'm like, ah, oh, but it's like, I want to try that. And who knows? Like maybe I've become obsessed with boxing. It's this new profound joy. Maybe I get injured in the class and like learn something from that, but just kind of putting your, having these different experiences, sure. I think is what us insight into ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said also is that, not knowing what you want to do is okay. Mm, it's hard yep. for people to know that. It's hard for people to, like, I didn't want to go over that, uh, gloss over that because that's an important point. Sometimes we think it's wrong to not know at 18 what your future is. Mm-hmm. Or 48, like, I think yeah. any age, really. That's absolutely good point. Yeah. Still learning. St- yeah. Still learning. A lot of the people we work with in the TEDx arena like they're looking to shift out of what they're doing into the next, like they have this message and they've been in a career or sometimes they're shifting. It depends. But a lot of people are looking to make that shift. Mm-hmm. And the TEDx is kind of a, almost on a way to help them birth that shift because like, they're like, here's this thing that's been a part of my life or here's where I want to go. Sure. They kind of away. Um, but they don't know, like all they know is like, I need to share this on the TEDx stage and who knows what that turns into. Um, but it's just paying attention to those you know, the cu- little curiosities and not putting pressure on yourself to be like, this has to be a certain way. I have to have this level of drive because I just don't think that's true. It's not. It's not. Well, Jake, thank you so much because I, I know there's so much more we could talk about, but, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So we're going to probably just going to have to have you back later. That is fully okay with me. <laughs> well, Jake, thank you once again for coming out, sharing your story. And I love how you're growing. And I can't wait to see where you go after this. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. And there you have it, guys. Jake Heilbrunn. Jake is amazing. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation just as much as I did having it. You guys can learn more about 
the things Jake talked about, as well as the links we mentioned on the show notes page, and a special bonus behind-the-scenes interview that we did with Jake, you can find on our YouTube page. That link will also be on the show notes page at amyj21.com slash episode 190. That's episode 190. And be sure to check out that YouTube video, guys. We had so much fun with it. And so till next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.